0: Today's episode of Titus and Tate, we will be discussing the new NCAA rules that have been looming forever, Tate. They, they are coming. This is, this is the equivalent of the one and done rule is going to come to an end, mm-hmm. but all things seem to be pointing towards two big headlines that came out this week. One, the NCAA is moving towards allowing athletes to be paid sponsors, mm-hmm. and then also the one-time transfer... Uh, rule is seems to be on track to, to, to be happening. So we're going to talk about both of those things.
1: Yeah, we should point out that it, it seems to be happening because everyone is already transferring and they're already basically putting it out there yeah. that they will play the next year. Uh we, we've seen guys like you know basically make the announcement I'm leaving. We saw Mike Gray last week say the transfer por- portal is like his nightmare. That's always worried about is making sure guys don't sign up for the transfer portal. So that'll happen. And then also uh John Rostein just giving us more scoops. Even though we have nothing to talk about John Rostein's always there.
0: John Rostein has always provided content. We're also going to do a starting five today uh in honor of the nfl draft which maybe maybe we'll uh we'll throw out some nfl draft thoughts here mm-hmm. too but uh in honor of the nfl draft the starting five list we're doing today is guys who should have played football <laughs> or guys guys who should have entered the nfl draft after their college basketball careers ended but then mm-hmm. and then chose to try to play professional basketball and it, it, it's guys we felt like made the wrong decision they should have stuck with football yeah Not even stuck with football join football i guess i should say
1: yeah just basically decide at that point in time like like a mo alley cox and say hey i love my time at vcu i love basketball but now i want to play for the Colts. so now i want to be a tight end exactly Uh, jimmy graham all these all these guys we've always talked about before but uh yeah this is the top five list i'm actually excited for so So
0: we are going to do that but uh a lot a lot of talk thank god the the ncaa is is making some changes here and they're giving us plenty to talk about but at the same time (laughs) i feel like the NCAA has been making has, has been talking about these changes forever. So who knows that they're going to actually happen? But uh, we're we're going to talk about it nonetheless. We'll get to all of it, but first, Woody Durham. All right, we're recording this on a Friday morning uh, this time around, Tay, We did not do the Thursday night show because the NFL draft is going on, and I, uh, uh, some of our production team had to work the draft. And I want to start there. I want to say, as, as two guys in sports media, mm-hmm. it is our duty to now, after watching last night's draft, to tip our caps and, and say... Congratulations to all of our colleagues across Mm -hmm. all platforms, across Mm -hmm. all networks Mm -hmm. for the job well done under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a seamless draft last night. And uh, as 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 not only someone who participates in sports journalism, but I'm a fan of sports journalism. I couldn't have been more impressed. So congratulations to everyone who worked last night. Well done. This is it's one of those you. things it's Not about the players. It's about you.
1: <laughs> no, it's, a, it's about the media and it's about, thank you for your service. You know, this is a salute to service. <laughs> this is about everyone in the trucks and everyone there, you know, the trade wingos of the world. Uh, you know, the Daniel Jeremiah's in the room, the Michael Irvin sitting in their houses. I don't know how Michael Irvin wasn't on zoom. He was the only guy that I think was actually on camera for this whole experience. Uh, he looked great, sounded great. Um, and, and there was no lag ever with Michael Irvin. So he might be in the future. <laughs> uh but yeah like you said everything else was great and it, it kind of was one of those things where i forgot that you know we weren't live doing the nfl draft that's how good of a job it was yeah uh, the only time that you remember that was when roger goodell would put his thumb outside of his pocket and start yeah. reading the card That was when you knew that okay we're at home we're at zoom yeah a uh, little bit weird uh, but everything else was pretty good
0: did we get answers on why roger goodell changed clothes halfway through the draft Halfway through the first round, he just he 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 did like the Mister Rogers thing where he took off like yeah. one jacket and put on the other jacket, and he kind of looked the same. But at the, you know, like if you're gonna change, like go do a completely different outfit, like put on your pajamas or something. But he he had like the exact same thing. He took off one jacket, put on like a different, like I think he put on like a sweater, like a quarter zip. Yes,
1: yes. He put on the classic quarter zip, and then he was also doing the <laughs> awkward thing where you know they had the fans on the screen behind him. He's yeah, like, let's go, Jets fans, and they're all like. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I've ever seen someone get booed by Zoom, uh, so that was probably a highlight. And oh, you man. know, for you, right, there's a highlight that Ohio State, uh, they own college football. I'm glad you
0: brought there. it up. I'm yes. glad you brought it up. The Buckeyes, uh, had the top three picks, of course. Joe Burrow, Ohio State alum, um, everyone remembers him from his Ohio State days, uh, <laughs> yes. goes number one. Yes. I do love that, uh, I do love how much it pisses people off that Ohio people are claiming Joe Burrow, um, mm-hmm. because I-, I think what makes it funnier is that Joe Burrow himself. Likes Ohio more than Louisiana. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like last night, he was wearing the <laughs> shirt that he had Ohio outlined, and he's shout out Athens, Ohio. He's like an Ohio kid through and through. So, like Ohio State people are like, "Hey, I'll root for Joe Burrow. He's a Buckeye." And then people are like, "You can't do that. He's an LSU guy." And then Joe Burrow's like, "Yeah, I'm a Buckeye." <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, yeah, I love Ohio State. Uh, have you ever seen this tire fight? i would never seen this before. There was like a they, – they put out an Ohio State video with him. You know, it's the classic football thing where they have the tire yeah. and they fight for it. Joe Burrow wins it. and He has like a mullet at the time. And everyone's like, this is Ohio State football. And even in my mind, I was like – did joe burrow just like was he at ohio state for four years graduated loved his life and then he was like i'm just gonna do one last shot at lsu yeah, and then like- all the lsu fans were like all right we lost him like no more yeah. Joe Burrow. <laughs> he's going back to ohio uh yeah i don't know it's a weird thing
0: it was like chris winky just like i'm gonna yes. plot after professional baseball i'm gonna try a- that, that was that was uh that was joe burrow no um and in defense of us as well, uh, people people at Ohio State loved Joe Burrow when he was at Ohio State. It wasn't a case mm-hmm. of, like, no one knew who this guy was. And then when he transferred and blew up, everyone was trying to claim him. Like, everyone – all their Ohio State fans knew who Joe Burrow was when he was on the roster. And a lot of people really liked him. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. But it it is funny. But the next two guys were Buckeyes, Tate.
1: Yes. The next two guys were
0: Buckeyes. <laughs> yes, guys were Buckeyes. Yep. Um, and I think it just underscores how badly we were screwed against Clemson. I think that's really what we're learning here is that uh the, the – the, the, the whole draft was basically SEC and Ohio State guys, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it just kind of re- <sighs> repicked at those wounds as I was watching. <laughs> as I was watching, like every we had, what we had, three, we had three guys. Arnett went uh, first round too. Um, yes. Yeah, it just kind of picked at the wound. It was like, damn, the better team lost that night. Um, anyway, do you see? Do you see all the houses? I, I, I wanted to talk about that <laughs> a little bit because I find it fascinating. The, the one interesting part about all the zoom stuff uh not just the draft but also uh you know our shows like ours for example Mm -hmm. um all the media stuff people doing it from their home is you get the look at everyone's house and (laughs) cliff kingsbury was was stoning on everybody with his setup and then like that that caught my attention but then just as much like on that end of the spectrum that caught my attention. Some of the setups that these guys have, these football coaches have, are are very embarrassing. Dare I say? Like, I I don't know. I don't know how else to say it without being offensive here. But like, I I, I thought they would have nicer houses. We'll put it that way. <laughs>
1: I think that for me, it, it taught a lot about like what the the confidence level of the coaches. Like you saw Mike Zimmer's house, and it's like you know three bucks on the back yeah. wall. It's like what? Well, it's like welcome to Zimmer Ranch. He's like you know got his big screen here. He's like talking to whatever receiver they draft. I can't remember who it was, and uh, you're like okay, Mike Zimmer. Like this is sort of what I expect. You know, he's kind of like you know like, like a CEO type guy, but a country boy at heart. And he's like a hard nosed defensive coordinator. That's a cool little house. And then you see someone like Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, and it's like you know, Andy from the office—they just gave him a little desk and like slid. Right, right. They're, they're like, right. like there's your there's your desk coach, and you're kind of like I don't I don't see a, a, a big future for Zach Taylor potentially. And then you know, like you said, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. You're like, where did this money come from? I mean, I know he's the head coach <laughs> of the Cardinals, but like, we need to investigate this guy. Like, where's Jeff d'angelo Like, let's get the FBI in that house. Uh, Maybe
0: that's the lesson too. Is it taught you property values across the, across <laughs> yeah, like the country? like live? Arizona. Yeah, it's like my God, you can get a, for a- For next to nothing in Arizona, you can get a mansion. That's crazy. Uh John Elway's house. They they Trey Wingo brings up that they do the zoom out and the you see three three, Super Bowl trophies. The three Super Bowl trophies. I couldn't even. Trey Wingo says something about that. He's like he's like yeah, John Elway stunting on everyone with the three Super Bowl trophies. I couldn't even see him at first because he has like seven hundred cobalt blue vases Mm -hmm. that are all over around (laughs) his TV by his fireplace. Um. Yeah, it, it it's fascinating. I, I I hope someone took a lot of uh uh, uh kept a lot of these clips of these and and it, that, that that's what I I that's I'm calling calling to action. As someone out there mm-hmm. please keep all these clips of all these media people and and their living rooms and um I I want to see a best of uh supercut of all this stuff of of people's living rooms when yeah. the uh, this quarantine is over.
1: I want like a VH1 show, like best of the '80s, but I want to do best of the quarantine. And it's like all the houses yeah. that we've seen during quarantine. It's like look at Anderson Cooper's house, and like yeah. you show it in, and it cuts in. I have to also ask you about one of the person that has Ohio State ties in his house, and that's Mike Vrabel. Mm. Uh, Mike Vrabel, yes. I don't know what was going on, but at one point they cut into his house. He's dipping, he's you know, and like he's spitting into a cup uh there's someone I guess his kid or someone related to them that has the door open and he's obviously trying to watch the tv through the mirror but obviously mirrors reflect the other way so you can see from the camera through the mirror him taking a shit um (laughs) and then there's two other kids one of them is in an ice man like full Tennessee Titans get up and the other one is like I guess his son that looks like Bill Belichick's son um Steve Belichick and and it was like this and it was like five seconds. It was like they showed it. They 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 freeze frame it and they cut away because obviously it's uh, like oh, atrocity. Man. Was that Ohio? Like what was that's, that? That's like, Ohio was that State, Tennessee? Baby. I don't Dude, know. Mike
0: Brabel, Mike Bravel's the man. Mike Vrabel has long been the man. Um, yes, he's he's awesome. He's a uh, he he was the one guy too. Uh, he, he's tight with uh, with Dad Mata. So he used to come to our basketball mm-hmm. practices every so often and would would give a team pep talks and he let us wear his super bowl rings and Love i it. i knew back then when he was uh uh this was like man when he was i don't even know if he was on staff at ohio state yet but this was like like right after he retired from from football together mm-hmm. and he came and talked to us and i was like that i will cheer for that guy no matter where he goes in life and now he's mm-hmm. the coach of the titans and um yeah I'm cheering for him. I love it. <laughs> I am hey.
1: cheering for him too. I just I feel like I learned a lot about Mike Vrabel and the Vrabel family last night. And then my yeah. last my last note, my last coach that we didn't get to see, uh, was Bill Belichick. And I just want to say this the Patriots, I you know, we all know how we feel about the Patriots as a, as a society. But the idea that they had to be on Zoom and Bill Belichick and Kraft, all these guys had to be on Zoom and they just yeah. punted on it. Like I think that I know yeah. they probably would have traded anyway, but the man they're like, Yeah, you're not gonna yeah, see you're, us. You're, like, yeah. see you later. <laughs> you're not gonna see my house. I did
0: like it It's that. fantastic. Um, yeah, draft was good. Uh, I, I, I will say the NFL draft, I basically only care after like five or six picks. I, I kind of give up. I, yeah. I, I I don't know how to fix that for me. My uh, I don't think it needs fixing. I think a lot of people really love the NFL draft. But for some reason, um, I feel like I'm really into it. And then like seven picks in, I'm like, all right, so those are all the guys that actually matter. And now it's just good. Gonna... Because I, I think it's because the guy, the analyst, when they chime in, like the first five or six guys are always like, this is a a blockbuster this is a franchise guy this is a guy that's going to lead you to a super bowl Mm -hmm. and then a hard pivot happens around pick seven or eight where they just go like ah he's got a lot of problems i'm not sure if he's ready right away but Mm -hmm. he he, a lot of upside a lot of like the, Mm -hmm. the pivot happens really quickly and i feel like i guess that happens in basketball too but um I don't know. It kind of takes the wind out of the sails. And you're like, so what am I watching this for? What if these guys don't really matter that much?
1: Well, yeah, it goes from like Chase Young. This is the next Lawrence
0: Taylor. And then yeah. it's like,
1: and then there's a couple of concerns. He's not good at putting his hand on the ground. He doesn't yeah, like right, it. You're, right. you're like, isn't that what he's supposed to be good at? Like what? what I heard that?
0: someone say about a, a wide receiver last night. He only ran a 4 four forty, And I was like, I, is that not fast as shit? I, I remember <laughs> when 4 4 was like. He's like a lot oh, of concerns here. Yeah, he runs a 4-4. And I'm like what so he's fast as shit is what you're telling me
1: he's- yeah and then i see isaiah simmons so like you were talking about like waiting like i get to the seventh pick i'm waiting on the panthers i'm like i'm gonna watch the panthers pick and then i'm gonna be out of here and then it's isaiah simmons is on the board he's at clemson i've watched isaiah forever he runs like a 4 three i'm like this guy is like luke keekley just retired i'm like this is a lock like isaiah simmons to the panthers like a replacement then they're like you know, whoever they pick from Auburn, the defensive lineman. And I was like, all right, that's it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think, I think that sums up the NFL draft too, is that uh, you're a Panthers fan. You're watching yep. It's the seventh pick, whatever you just said. Mm-hmm. And you said they picked whoever they picked from the defensive guy, who, whatever yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah.
1: Defensive tackle from Auburn. I'm one like, dude, yeah. I'm like Brown? Brown. Like, I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the yeah. one
0: guy that, yeah, who knows? Um. Anyway, enough about that. We got to talk <laughs> about basketball today. It's very, yes. we got some very important stuff. Uh, First of all, as always, start the show talking about the Fox Ultimate Fan Bracket. Mm. Um, your North Carolina Tar Heels at the buzzer, once again, beat Michigan. Um, mm. It is now BYU versus North Carolina in the final. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm running out of things to say here. I, I don't know how North <laughs> Carolina is doing it. You guys are down by like 5 to 10%, it seems like, going into the last day every single day. And then mm-hmm. you find a way to win 50.1% to 49.9% every single time.
1: And we don't know how it's happening, but I do know this: every single day, no one says anything. Like the first two days, it's like no North Carolina. I've even had people reach out to me. I was like, "Where's North Carolina? Can I get someone in, the, you know, the SID office to to reach out to them?" I'm like. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. And then the last day, Kobe White, Nazir Little, all these like Theo Pinson, and all these guys just retweet it. And they just go something like, you know what to do. <laughs> and I don't know who you is, but they come out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden the polls go from like 46 mm-hmm. to 48 to 49 to 51, like you said. So I'm concerned about BYU. I feel like they have the team of destiny. I feel like North Carolina, we're, we're, we're happy to be in the title game. Uh-huh. We're obviously not the underdogs. We're the top dogs. And I think that's going to lead, you know, lyn to BYU
0: winning. I wish I will be upset about that. Uh, so yeah, go go vote on the last thing. If you want to troll Tate, vote for BYU. Please. If uh, you don't, vote for North Carolina. Um, at CBB on Fox, voting goes till Monday. I yes. wish I wish for the final. They just like we we just. Fox just said, we're going to do the voting until the quarantine's over. <laughs> just like run it. <laughs> yeah,
1: until December. Yeah, yeah. We just keep going.
0: <laughs> we're like six months in and like Roy is smashing the re- – Roy's smashing yes. retweets.
1: Five million t- votes over five months. <laughs> Who is the ultimate fan?
0: BYU. Oh, oh man. So, uh, go vote on that. Um, I uh, Once again, I, I stopped caring after Ohio State went, went out. I don't know how that works. It's a uh, – but, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the NCAA stuff, Tate, please. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the AP headline that comes out big blockbuster NCAA moves towards allowing athletes to be paid sponsors. And then the follow up, I think it was Ralph Russo who, mm-hmm. who wrote the story and was tweeting about it. Uh, One time immediate transfer waiver is also expected to take effect. Um, these are two rules that people have been clamoring for forever. Uh they it, it 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 seems like it is now happening. But again, as I said at the top, it seems like this is this is like the one and done thing where I feel like we've had this conversation ten million times where we're like, oh man, it might be happening now. Mm-hmm. And until it actually happens. Um cause w- I d th- wasn't there a news story about the one and done rule might actually now not be happening in twenty twenty three like we thought. Like it might not mm-hmm. actually be leaving now. Um I don't the, the whole one and done thing, I mean I'm, I'm exhausted with that. But anyway, uh the NCAA is moving towards athletes being paid sponsors your thoughts
1: the thoughts are pretty simple which is we need anything to get people excited about college basketball rossian tweets his story out from the ap like you said from ralph russo and if you're reading the story it's basically like all right california comes out they say these guys it's unconstitutional they could get paid for their likeness and you know florida and that was by 2023 florida you know comes out and they're like well we got our own bill and guess what it's coming out 2021 and then that uh-huh. kind of sort of puts the pressure on everybody else because as these states make these decisions, obviously the NCAA has to fall in line and figure out a way to do this sort of stuff. And if you read the story, It's like, okay, these guys, there's a committee of 11 people. Gene Smith, the Ohio State uh, AD, is obviously heading up this committee. Committee, they've been working through all the details of what they want to do. I think the big hang-up for me that will be a funny issue, or not a funny issue, but will be a major issue, is basically in there. If your school is represented by Under Armour, if you go to Notre Dame or UCLA, one of these schools, and Nike comes to Chase Young, like someone like that, a big-time player, and says, we want to sign you to a Nike deal you're gonna wear Nike cleats and everything, but Under Armour's already paid UCLA $300 million for everyone at UCLA to wear Under Armour. Like what, what that will be the moment where all this stuff, it's like a, a blow up. And then in, in sort of the car commercials, like right now and this idea, you could have like car dealerships and hot dog stands, whoever sponsored these guys that are in school, but they just can't wear North Carolina gear or Ohio State gear, anything like that right. in these commercials. There's all right. these little caveats. And also those caveats could ruin your eligibility. And as these things come out and as more business comes into play, there will be schools reporting and saying this kid is doing that and that's going to be like, it's just going to be, it seems like it's going to be mayhem. It sounds great in a vacuum, but the, the battle between Under Armors and Nike's and hot dog stands and boosters, boosters yeah. can pay kids now to do sponsorship stuff. That seems like that could be a problem <laughs> at some point. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a, it could be a mess.
0: Oh, well, obviously it's going to be a, a, a problem. Like I, and, and, and this, like, if they're trying to limit the amount of money these kids are going to make, that's, that's going to be a problem. Cause that's yes. going to be, that's definitely going to be a problem. Um, If you're, if you're trying to say like, yeah, like if you're trying, if you're trying to make it a rule where a booster can't, you know, you can pay him the fair market value for his endorsement, but you can't like give him extra as like a quote unquote salary or like a, like a wink, wink, a, yeah, a yeah. wink, wink, extra benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, to my point, the, the the point I would make though is like, is that not would that not make that the market value? Like, isn't mm-hmm. is the market value not like literally whatever someone is willing to pay for the kid? <laughs> so like, you know, like Zion seems to be for some reason like the big the big example everyone wants to use for mm-hmm. these discussions because I guess he was just a, a massive star and played in the the most one of the most story programs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll just we'll just say Zion say Zion <laughs> wants to do a car commercial uh, in in Durham and the car dealership's willing to pay the kid a million dollars mm-hmm. for, for that car commercial. Um, and then what is, is the NCAA going to say that's not fair market value? Fair market value is only like 200 grand because if, if the car dealership is willing to pay a million dollars, is that not by definition then the market value? So I don't, I don't understand that part because like, as I was reading the story, uh, it did have that, the, the sentence in the story says the NCAA would create a mechanism to evaluate potential deals for fair market value and spot possible corruption, uh, spot possible corruption sorry um and my question is what is the purpose of this like what what corruption could possibly exist like if it's illegal if whatever they're getting paid is illegal if they're if it's so if they're endorsing some illegal product or like the way they're going about an endorsement is like illegal by actual laws uh is that not law enforcement's job to enforce that and if it's not illegal what what possible NCA rule could could the, the only ones are like you said is like like the a apparel situation where it's a Nike Under Armour type deal mm-hmm. or the, this idea that like a kid is getting paid too much but again i'm confused by that because it's fair market value not exactly what someone's willing to pay
1: exactly and so all those like it like we said like in a vacuum written out it sounds amazing like as i was reading i was like oh that makes sense and like oh a, a booster that runs a pizza shop could get you know the star player to this pizza shop that seems fair yada yada, yada. But then the other thing, the the funniest wrinkle to me, or the most interesting wrinkle to me is, right, if you get, like, the Zion Williams, the number one player in the country, we've known him since he was 16 years old, he comes to Durham, Michael Jordan Nissan comes out to Zion and says, you know, we want you to do a commercial, and instead of Michael's got a deal for you, it's Zion's got a deal for you, and he gets paid a million dollars, like you said, then he goes to practice, and Coach K is, you know, telling him what to do or whatever, and, you know, he smacks him with money right <laughs> you know it's I mean? going to be like, like cuz that that could happen like if you're a millionaire and i don't know like it just and your teammates aren't millionaires like i don't know it could yes. be it could be yes. an interesting dynamic
0: this is this is i i can we talk about some of the pitfalls because i think uh and, and maybe we should loop in the transfer thing too the or maybe yeah. that's a different discussion i don't know cuz I, w- I wanted to talk about this transfer thing too um which basically the story is that the the NCAA is basically it, it seems like they're going to allow one-time transfers to, to happen where guys can transfer. If it's your first transfer and you mm-hmm. leave your previous school on good standing, which is to say academics are fine. You're eligible. D- discipline's yeah. fine. You're actually mm-hmm. eligible. All that. Uh, you would be eligible right away um, when you go to your new school and all these are great things, but like no one ever stops to think about the pitfalls. Like that, that's where we've arrived with the NCAA, which is why like you and I get put in these positions where we <laughs> feel like we have to defend them is because no matter what the incident, no matter what, if the ncaa if it's an ncaa rule people hate it and they're saying like we have to change that and make it this um and, and everyone's under this assumption that every decision made by the NCA is just basically to screw kids and, and and keep them under their thumb and a lot of it it is like a lot of it is like guys want power obviously but um there are some downfalls of this stuff and like you said i don't think anyone's really thought about the idea of of a guy like like the dynamic of a team where where one player's a millionaire and the other guy's not. And um, I, I understand, I can already hear voices saying like, who cares? Like that does it actually, but it does, it's going to fundamentally change like how th- these teams are structured and how uh, I don't know, it's going to change the sport forever, which is why guys like Rostein are losing their minds. And, and uh, c- cause you know, a man, the man lives and breathes college basketball and college basketball is not going to be the same now.
1: I would say this, like if you are the number one player in the country, you go to college basketball, you're getting paid $2 million to do all these advertising, you're doing old spice commercials, whatever it may be. And then if you have like a butler on the side, like like just waiting for you when you come out of the game, that's like changing your shoes and wiping you down. And like, it just seems like they're going to create – a just like a like a pay gap between the the roster and it's like now we're a professional league and now we have like a franchise player a supermax guy and then we have like the walk-ons right we have no like it's just I I don't I foresee a lot of social issues that will come out of this like especially the power structure you're talking about college basketball these coaches that you know, if the guy's making $5 million, but his star player is also making $5 million. What really does this really say to he have to that guy? I don't if know.
0: He, this isn't a great example because Cole Anthony was already rich because yeah. his, his dad was a <laughs> ABA player. But, like, imagine Cole Anthony wasn't. And uh you thought North Carolina had problems this year. Mm-hmm. Imagine the dynamic of Cole Anthony is, is yeah. driving a Bentley into practice and Justin Pierce is <laughs> playing <laughs> alongside him and, and just, like, those two guys now having to get along and, and come together and, and, I don't know. It, it would be. Uh, it, it's. It's going to be like you said. It, it. It is moving towards professional basketball. And that. That's the reason people are freaking out about it. All. It's not because. It, it's not that we don't want players to to get paid. It's that we want them to get paid somewhere else. Per se, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I don't say we because, like, you know, like we, I think I think we beat this to death how we feel about it. But um, <laughs> um, the people that are like now hang on the pe- basically the people that are saying like now hang on a second are we sure this is good um. Mm-hmm that's that's these are some of the problems that are coming up because as, as hokey as it is as much as people want to roll your eyes at it uh there is college basketball the way it exists is for the love of the game and it is super dopey to say that but like there is something special about like all these kids are making nothing and there's <laughs> and they do like and i say this as a guy that went through it like I, I i you know i could have made more money than i actually made and um which was nothing, and uh <laughs> but I loved it. I loved the experience. I loved I loved that Greg Oden. I I loved living across the dorm from Greg Oden and knowing that the guy could be making millions of dollars right that second, and he was not, and he was driving a shittier car than I was to practice. And like now, when we talk about basketball, like these are the these are the things that that I mean, Greg obviously because his body fell apart. But like even even guy like Conley, like he he loves Ohio State and loves talking about like his time at Ohio State when he was making no money, and now he's making God knows how much money, and um. I don't know. It 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 it's all fascinating, so.
1: It's a fascinating thing and uh, I'm still waiting for a team like Kentucky to have five guys that are all millionaires that are your starting five and mm-hmm. they're playing against Pepperdine and you know, it's like I guess that's the-, the good part. It's like the you know,
0: <laughs> upsets are going to be like that much more special now. You're going to you're going to be like reporting payroll on upsets. You're going to be mm-hmm. like this team yeah. This team was a team full of amateurs and they be it's gonna be like Miracle and Ice again, where it's a team full of amateurs beating a team full of
1: players. Yeah. Kentucky starting five made a net seventeen million dollars this season <laughs> and they just lost to you know East Tennessee or some like some small ass school and everyone's like, Oh yeah. amazing,
0: yeah. Uh what about the transfer thing though? So uh I I think with the money with the the name and image likeness, I I'm I would say I'm ninety-five percent on board with that like I really I really want I think kids should be able to get paid whatever they're worth on the side Uh, I very much don't want there to be salary so hopefully this is enough for like the critics of the NCAA and the critics of the system uh, to kind of back off because I I really very much do not want players to be salaried I think that's a can of worms that's going to completely be a disaster but um, I think name and image likeness I think this is a good thing and I think this will be great but the transfer thing I would say I'm like 70% 70% on board with it I think that's going to be more of a problem than um than people want to admit and 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 I say that I'm not even saying like the super team thing like like I think that's where people's minds immediately goes is is you look at like a, a school like Kentucky right now where Kentucky has I think they have two people on their roster right now mm-hmm. uh, I'm joking but no obviously but it's seriously like, you might be right I might be right <laughs> hockey has like nobody on the roster right now uh what is to keep kids from you know calling each other and doing the 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 LeBron and D Wade and and Chris mm-hmm. Bosh to the Heat thing where it's just like hey why don't we all just go meet up down here um it's not even that for me for me it's more of like i, I think what happens with these transfers is the idea of autonomy and and players should be able to move wherever they want to go whenever they want to go uh is it, it's all in the name of players doing what's best for them right and whenever coaches come out and they say like, I don't love this rule or a kid transfers and the coach is like, I don't like that that kid transferred. People rip the coach apart and they say this, this this coach is only looking out for himself. Why can't the kid do what's best for himself? Uh, and, and I guess my point is like, there is no way that all of these transfers are doing what's best for them. There's just it it like, we've seen it a million times where kids transfer thinking they're going to get more playing time, thinking they're going to get there. This is now Going to be their path to becoming a star or whatever. Um and more often than not, it does not work out like they think it does or they think it's going to, which isn't to say kids shouldn't be allowed to transfer. Kids shouldn't but I think like what why coaches feel this way and why the system exists is because transferring should be like a monumental decision. It should be like a big deal. It should be something that's like taken very seriously, that the kids should really think about it. It's not about like I only get fifteen minutes a game right now and I only touch the ball like, you know, I only get like six shots a game. I want to get eight shots a game and play 23 minutes. So I'm going to transfer to the school. It should be like, is this the, is this the, the major I want to major in? Is this mm-hmm. where I want to live? Is this like my, my family, am I close enough to my family? Is there, there should be a million things that go into factory like whether you transfer, which is why the one year, uh, uh sit out rule was put into effect in the first place. Right? Like, mm-hmm. because it, not to necessarily to, to deter people, but, uh, I, I think the way the NCAA, uh, 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 frames it is that it gives you a year to, like get your feet wet at your new place, which that's kind of bullshit. But uh, mm. I think the deterrence of like, hey, if you're gonna do this, please make sure that this is like a big deal. Don't just be willy nilly jumping around. Um, I think that is important, and I, and I actually do like that. That is a thing, and that is part of the system. So like, I I I'm trying to reconcile the idea of like I I want that to still be a thing, and I I don't love that kids transfer all the time. Not because I don't love roster turnover, not because I don't want kids to do what's best for them, but because uh, I do think more should go into it than than a lot of these decisions that, that are being made. Um, but then on the flip side, I do think kids should ultimately be able to do what you want. And you're an adult. And listen, if you want to, you know, if you think you're, if you want to chase a pot of gold that doesn't exist at some other school, um, who am I to stop you? So I don't know. It, I, I'm trying to figure out whether I like this one or not. But it looks like it's going to be taking place anyway.
1: I think we're going to have uh, an issue with tamp. <laughs> Sorry, I think we're going to have an issue with tampering, uh, like you said, with the transfer stuff. I think there's a chance that a guy that is like a, let, let's say a Leaky Black at North Carolina, he comes his freshman year, he has Nazir Little and Kobe White. That's their class. Kobe and Nazir go to the NBA. Leaky's at North Carolina by himself. If someone at Kentucky calls him in the offseason that's you know going to be a freshman at Kentucky, they have four guys going in, and then they recruit a fifth guy from another blue blood to go there from a Kansas or North Carolina or a Duke, whatever it may be. And they <laughs> make the transfer. And it's like obviously an exploitation of the system to then upgrade your situation to quote unquote make super yeah. teams. That will be like a, a separate conversation. People will be really upset. The power will be obviously back in the hands of the players. And then we have a situation where it's the NBA all over again <laughs> where fans are upset at the players for taking power because they hurt the team. The teams are upset. You know, it's just like a whole uh, a power structure that could that could come into play here which is not necessarily bad for the NCAA because we talk about it a ton of time. Mm-hmm. They have too much power. It's not it's not bad to slide the scales the other way. But if it leads to basically all of it just being a farce where, you know, it doesn't matter if you play Kentucky or it doesn't matter anything because you're just going to bounce to a better situation. Um, and everyone knows that's sort of the game that's in play with the transfer. And if you're a coach, the threat of a kid being on your team and being able to, like, Essentially, could recruit and poison your team right. to get them to go somewhere. Like, there's a lot of layers to all of it. As, a, and you have to add to the fact that if they're getting paid too. There might yeah. be a guy that's it's, not making money somewhere because he's the third best player, and he's like, I want to go transfer to be the best player so I can make. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, like Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish could be like if he stayed in college basketball, he's like, I want to leave Duke and go to Virginia and be the best player
0: and make Dude, a bunch of money. Uh, why not start a cute? What? What? Do the? I would do this if I was. uh, what when when can you transfer can you transfer in the middle of the season too is that going to be a thing i didn't i didn't actually if you could transfer if you
1: could transfer before january and enroll in january and start with a different team that would be un, like that would be insane and it would also the, just the be it, <laughs> yeah, the sport is ruined it's legitimately ruined like
0: it's legitimately if if you can transfer in the middle of the season and play your new team immediately i if if i want to if i want to go to north carolina i'm committing to duke first mm-hmm. and then i am I am. Sabo- I'm, <laughs> sabotaging I'm sabotaging that team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sabotaging the team, and I'm trying to recruit all the kids on Duke to come to North Carolina with me. I'm like, hey, yep. at, at January, I'm going. I'm going to go play at North Carolina, so you should come mm-hmm. with me. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just taking like three of my teammates. Yeah, and everyone's and like, sabotaging. man, what,
1: what, what a move! Like, you know, it's like smart. It's like savvy basketball. And even when you commit somewhere, the idea that like, like an LOI, obviously we know how important you sign your letter of intent. It's like boom, official. You're going there. Now with all this stuff, it's like nothing is set in stone. You know that if you sign an LOI, you have to wait a year if you're to transfer. All that sort of stuff, if it's out the window, then we're going to get guys committing to different schools, yeah. flipping all. I don't know. It, it just seems like it's, it's going to be a mess, but it might be great for us. It's, and I, well, and
0: I, what's and hard I'm is okay it. with it. With, yeah it might it might be great like i'm not i'm not worried about like our jobs i'm not i'm not saying like we have to protect the san sanctity of college basketball because if not you and i might be in trouble with because like we don't even talk about college basketball anyway on the show <laughs> yeah, let's get um, back most, to the nfl draft mo- most of the time we don't like who gives a shit uh it's more of like it, well, the, the thing for me that, that that makes it so hard is it is it just, i just go back to like it's hard to reconcile these thoughts of like i i do want players to get paid what they're worth and i do want i do think it's horseshit that like all these these administrators and and schools are making billions of dollars and the players get nothing uh but at the same time i really really do want to preserve amateurism because if 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 the ncaa is not an amateur institution anymore and it's professional institution then by by flipping that switch you in in saying we are now a professional sports institution um you're now directly competing with the nba it's mm-hmm. no longer like a, whatever the feeder system is. It's no longer like you're directly competing. we we have a professional basketball league. We have a professional football league. We are competing with another professional football and basketball league. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to target like younger kids to come to our league is basically what it becomes. And um, listen, for a lot of people, they're like, cool. That's what we want out of it. And for those <laughs> of us that have been like watching college basketball our whole lives, we're like, I don't really want that. That's not, that's not the joy of college basketball is not, Like the professional league already exists. It's the NBA. I watch it a little bit, but I prefer the college game because um, that's what I grew up on. And that's, and and I think just changing, changing all this stuff is going to change it dramatically. And, you know, maybe that's just the world we live in now. Maybe it's like you shrug your shoulders and say it's for the better. But I I think, I think ultimately the thing that pisses me off the most is that the most obvious fix to all of this would be if just the administrator, if, if all the people at top, all the quote unquote adults weren't making billions of dollars off of this. I don't think it's a problem. I think that's why it wasn't a problem in the Mm seventies and sixties and whatever is because there weren't massive TV contracts. There weren't decisions, uh, uh, weren't being made with the the pursuit of money in mind. It was just kind of like, I mean, I'm sure obviously they were trying to like make a little money to, to keep things afloat back then, but it wasn't like, like, let's play these games at these specific times for TV schedules. Let's, uh, you know, put, put, a, a put Creighton in the big East when they're like, God knows how far away from the East coast and put West mm-hmm. Virginia in the big 12. And they got to travel all the way over here. And like all these, just all, everything has been, every decision that's been made in, in college sports in the last 25 years has been driven by profits. And I think that is when the problem arises. And that is what's frustrating because if you could just go back in a time machine and and tell everyone, don't do that. Just, just don't do that. We don't have to play final fours in football stadiums. Just keep mm-hmm. it all the way it is. Uh, then you don't have to worry about it. And then it, I don't think it's that big of a deal. If coaches are making a one and a half million dollars a year, I don't think people are up in arms. If like if coach K and, and, and um, I was about to say Roy, but Roy famously uh, uh, doesn't make a ton of money, but mm-hmm. say coach K Cal, uh Perry, all those guys are making like, like they cap out of like one point five two million $2 million a year. That's all it really is. I don't think people are losing their minds. I think the problem is when coaches are making $8 million a year and athletic directors are making $5 million a year and mm-hmm. schools are making, now we have problems. So anyway,
1: when you look up a state and you look up the highest paid state employee, and the answer is the head football coach of insert school, that ends up being a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, right when you when you work for the state and you're a teacher or whatever it may be, and you look that up and you see Nick Saban's making eight million dollars a year, the next closest person is you know two point one million dollars. You try to figure out what that gap is and understand where it's coming from. You mentioned uh, the NCAA becoming a professional league. That would be the absolute nightmare of the NBA. I will, I will say this because the loyalty of a Kentucky fan base, a loyalty of a Indiana fan base, a loyalty of a UCLA fan base. BYU. If they, if, yeah. If, if <laughs> you, BYU, of course, we know one of the best fan base in the country. If you have those schools and you have professional talented players and you have a built-in loyalty of fans that is way more loyal than a Dallas Maverick fan or a Sacramento King right. fan, then the NBA is in trouble. And in fact, if I was the NCAA, I almost would lean into that and say we already have these brands, we already have things that people are already loyal to. Let's professionalize the hell. Like, it, let's say amateurism is dead. They they decide that they're like, we can't fix this. This is the problem. All the stuff is blown up. Let's change our name to the ABA, the Amateur Basketball Association, and let's compete compete directly with the nba and yeah. let's see who has more you know cachet in the marketplace because let me just tell you charlotte hornet fans they don't exist if north carolina duke <laughs> and wake Forest and state play professional basketball they don't exist
0: you're absolutely that, that, right
1: that, yeah. like, like the nba is cooked if and you're telling why, yeah if,
0: I, if you if you went to north carolina fans and you said if we can raise enough, and, and there are no salary caps in the aba and mm-hmm. you, you tell north carolina fans um we, we need to you know like we have to raise money to get Anthony Davis, say. Mm-hmm. We need – or even – Donations. We need donations. Let's, let's use <laughs> Kentucky fans since yep. Anthony Davis went to Kentucky. You tell Kentucky fans, uh, Anthony Davis will come to Lexington, Kentucky again and play for the rest of his career, it, but, but he wants to make $40 million a year. Anthony Davis is going to make $40 million in
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In two weeks, there will be a Kickstarter that gets <laughs> okay. the $40 million in Kentucky. And Anthony Davis, welcome to the Wildcats. And uh, I, I'll say this. Like, I would love to watch professional league uh, where it's played in Rupp Arena. And it's like, you know, North, Car- North dope, Carolina yeah. – North Carolina and you know Ty Lawson are going to get Ducky to play Anthony Davis and the Wildcats. Uh, yeah, I would be all in on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the that's, NBA should be more worried than they are.
0: But, but that's that's where we're headed though, man. Because I I I'm, and now I'm thinking about it, it's not just the off the court changes; it's the on court changes too. Like all the the three point line keeps moving back. Like mm-hmm. we're we're ten years away from college basketball having an NBA three point line, and mm-hmm. if the lane's gonna get moved wider. It's it's all gonna be the exact same. It's crazy.
1: Um, they're going to be playing with the ABA ball. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Coffee blacks out there. It's like, <laughs> what is going on?
0: What about, okay. So if they don't want to directly compete with the NBA, what about a league that, um, where they still try to, like, you know, they're, they're clearly, the, the NCAA is clearly a professional league. Um, and the, the NBA is clearly a professional league, obviously. Uh, but they don't want to directly compete. What if the, the NCAA has a rule where, and, and instead of like the, how the NBA works where it's like you have your rookie contract and then as as you tack on years in the league your your, your pay goes, goes up, up. yeah it yep. goes up and up mm-hmm. what if the what if the NSA was the exact opposite where you're incentivized to be younger and we just uh, <laughs> the younger you are the more you mm-hmm. get paid and as you get older you get incentivized to get the hell out and go to yeah. the
1: the only person that's still in the league is Jack Cooley at the end of it. Jack, Jack Cooley is like 45 years old and making like $80,000 a year, but dominating for Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. I like the idea of all that. I mean, sort of like the nationwide tour with the BGA tour. It's like a, it's yeah. a professional league. It's like a minor league sort of thing. Um, but I do think the brand power is just so much stronger for college sports. People are way more loyal to college sports. I mean, there's even people that pull like Kentucky fans will pull for the Lakers because of Anthony Davis, you know, just because he went to Kentucky. Um, and I don't think that's in the NBA. I, I honestly, it's hard for me to find like at the NFL draft when they had all the fans, like, I'm amazed that there are just Jets fans I just want to yell into the computer about the yeah. Jets, you know what I mean? But I guess there are.
0: I would say it exists in NFL. I would say, you know, the the, the team loyalty exists in NFL for sure uh, yeah. with, with NFL fans. But NBA, yeah, you're right. It's basically like,
1: you, you know. It's Lakers-Celtics. I mean,
0: there, are, there are obvious yeah. exceptions, and there are people that love the Knicks and love the Lakers and love love their little teams. But, yeah, for the most part, it's you, you ask a guy – in my general experience you, you you bump into a guy who, who identifies him as an nba fan at a cocktail party and you, you're you like oh who are you a fan of he's going to say a player like mm-hmm. russell gonna, westbrook yeah. he's like i'm a westbrook guy you're i'm like, a westbrook okay. yeah yeah he's not he's not gonna be like i love the rockets he's going mm-hmm. to say i love what russell westbrook so um yeah i don't know it's interesting uh anything else before we get to our uh, our our draft here our own nfl draft type situation we're doing
1: i just yeah well the only thing i want to say as far as far as transfers i was so shocked that matt harms i guess he was watching the the cbb on fox oh, yeah. bracket that he's going to byu uh I, we we said it was the Titus and tape bump with mark pope we just had him on the show obviously uh, but matt harms i thought that was a lock to kentucky like i did too like a guaranteed lock like matt harms that was perfect fit go to kentucky um and, and for him to go to byu i mean obviously in my mind that that makes sense too uh, but i was shocked by that so shout out to coach pope
0: uh, Titus and Tate Bump is on fire. Mm-hmm. Mark Pope comes on, immediately lands Matt Harms. Uh, Mark, Mark, by the way, if you didn't hear the Mark Pope interview, he's awesome. Uh, yes. Go listen to that, telling stories about Larry Bird crying in locker rooms <laughs> and throwing up in a shirt and uh, Scott Padgett slipping on his vomit. And mm. he, he was great. He, he was, it was a great interview. And then, what was it, two days later, Matt Harms says he's coming to BYU. Um, but then, Tate, go back to our interview before we had Pope on, the show before we interviewed Mike Bray. Who famously said uh, uh, on the show that Muffin McGraw is by far the biggest mm-hmm. celebrity on Notre Dame's campus? I asked him if it was him, Brian Kelly, or Muffin McGraw. He said Muffin McGraw by far the biggest celebrity on campus. Then he starts singing her praises about how important she is and how she's this just cast the shadow over Notre Dame. Four days later, Muffin McGraw retires. Yep. So guess what? There's now a vacancy. There's a vacuum to be filled. Mike Bray is going to – to to. if you're telling me it's between Mike Bray and Brian Kelly, come on. Come on. It's, 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 Bray, it's Bray by a landslide. It's Bray, it's Bray yes. by a landslide. So uh, you're welcome, Mike Bray. You're welcome, Mark Pope. Titus and Tate Bump. Anyone else want it? Give us <laughs> a call. Come on. Come yeah, on the come show. On. We'll help you. Come out. on the
1: show. We'll make you number one on your campus. Uh, we'll get you a big time recruit. Uh, we might drop a bag. Who knows? Uh, yeah. that's us. That's what we do. Uh, and we also do top five lists. Can we do can we, we also do, do top it? five lists. All
0: right. Here's our starting five for this week. It is uh guys who should have played football is what I I have written down here, but I guess we could phrase it as like guys who should have entered the NFL. I like it that way. Like I, I like the idea of guys who should have entered the NFL draft after their college basketball careers were over and I think they could have actually got drafted, but mm-hmm. they didn't. So, um, all right, that's the premise. Tate, go ahead. Do you want to all start? Right. Number five? Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll start number five. This is pretty easy for me. And this is a guy that uh, he had a great NBA career in my, in my version of what an NBA career should be he played 20 years. He is half man, half amazing. And in my mind, he's a guy that is a wide receiver. That You know, in football now, everyone's like, don't ever run a fade. It's, it's the stupidest play. It's, it's wrong. It's like Megatron convinces that it would work all the time. Vince Carter, it would work. You know what I mean? Vince Carter on like a little fade, just throw it up. Let the guy jump up one-handed, pull it down. Uh, I kind of think of him as a Randy Moss type. Uh, a guy just with the speed and the ability to leap and go get the ball. Um, so Vince Carter, for me, number five on my list, wide receiver out of North Carolina.
0: Vince Carter, uh, so are you, are you saying he made a mistake by sticking with basketball?
1: I'm not saying he made a mistake, obviously, uh, because you know he. It worked know, out. Maybe. He has a sound, he has a sound mind. Uh, he seems to be enjoying his That's life. True. He has a podcast, all that sort of stuff. But I do think that if Vince Carter was in the NFL and he hurdled a guy, uh, you know, like just jumped clearly over a guy and ran for a touchdown, it would be the most shocking thing we've ever seen.
0: Uh, I, I have a feeling you and I are going to have a very different lists, but I like the pick, and uh, I, I, I like uh, <laughs> I, I like where this is going. <laughs> I'm looking at who my number five name is, and I'm just laughing because your number five is Vince Carter. I'm just going to say it. All right. My number five is a kid by the name of Kevin Bookout from Oklahoma.
1: Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in so long.
0: I feel like your list is going to be all Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah. You're, you're going to put Allen Iverson, who played quarterback. Yeah, I, he's, <laughs> one, he's number four on the list. <laughs> so list is all Hall of Famers. Mine is like guys just kind of sucked at basketball and should have found success somewhere else uh but this one makes it fun uh uh all right my number five is kevin book oklahoma uh he played at oklahoma the last four years of uh uh kelvin Sampson's tenure at oklahoma he was like six eight, like 275 something like that um was actually he, he i want to say he he won the ncaa championship in shot put if he didn't win in shot put he was like in the finals I know that for a fact because my buddy Keller uh is a thrower and used to love Kevin Bookout because he was a (laughs) he was like this he was like a track and field guy but anyway Kevin Bookout was just big he he had like a build of like a professional wrestler like he looked like uh like maybe gold dust comes to mind as uh, he had Mm. like kind of had the buzz cut the big like country boy look um Kevin Bookall, he was, to me, a guy who could have played offensive line. Uh, and and he had a decent career at Oklahoma. He was a four-year starter, started as a freshman on an Elite A team. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt like he should have played football. I felt like his basketball skills, his footwork, all that kind of stuff, it had to have been able to translate to, like, a, a right guard, right? I don't know. I don't know enough about the right guard position, but he had the body for it.
1: It looks like a right card to me. I mean, that's classic right card, you know. And every, <laughs> My favorite thing the NFL draft last night is, like, uh, I mean, obviously we know the difference between, like, the blind side of the left tackle and a right tackle. But whenever they would talk about a right tackle, just the, uh, like, if he ever played left tackle, it was, like, a totally different guy. Yeah. You know? It's like, if it's yeah. like, you draft a right tackle, you're like, and, of course, he played left tackle this year due to an injury. And we all know what that means. This yeah, boy right. can play any side of the line. I'm like, uh, it doesn't seem that much different. But, uh, you know who am I to say? All right, number four, number four on my list. I'll I'll save Alan Iverson for number three. Number four for me is Admiral Schofield. Uh Ooh, out of good to see. We pick. all remember Admiral. I, I I think for me, just the, the name Admiral sounds like a football player. Um, I imagine Schofield. You know, he's he comes from a military background. Obviously, a little bit. He's a tough guy. Um, mm. he's got a low center of gravity. I can see him on the D line. I can see him. You know, being able to drop back in coverage, make some plays. he got a seven one week span. I could see him playing
0: basically any position. Any
1: position, football. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's the Isaiah Simmons of, of yeah. college basketball playing football. Yeah. Um, he could be anywhere. I think we could bulk him up to maybe like two sixty-five, two seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, get him on a D inside. Uh, get him like squatting passes with that seven-one span.
0: Number four, on my list. Admiral. That, that's a great pick, Admiral Scope. He he almost uh, had too good of a season his last season at Tennessee, and that ruined the football plan. Because I yes. feel like I feel like if he would have not been as good as he was uh he's not he could have gone he's not getting drafted yeah he's not getting drafted by the wizards and he's not playing the nba now damn it damn it Damn it! Schofield, come on go play NFL. bet you didn't think about that (laughs) did you admiral now you're now you're stuck in the nba you idiot idiot what an idiot uh all right number four number four on my list is a man who you know well tate uh his name is lonnie baxter he played at maryland uh he was the big guy at Maryland was um, was the second best player on that Maryland team. And I think history, as you look back on that team, uh, and you weren't paying attention, you would say that Steve Blake and was probably the second best player behind Juan Dixon. You would Mm. be incorrect. It was Lonnie Mm. Baxter. Uh, He averaged what, like 15 and eight in Oh two for the, for the Maryland team was their leading rebounder. Just a big barreling man played in the league for a little bit. I think he played like three or four years in the league. Um, but I see him as an offensive lineman as well. We had a drill mm-hmm. at Ohio State, actually, that uh, they called it the Lonnie Baxter was the move where um, they, I, I, I just, like, anytime I hear Lonnie Baxter's name, I just hear our coaches yelling Lonnie Baxter over and over in practice to at our big guys, where uh, basically if someone drives baseline and you're on, like, the opposite block... Mm-hmm the move is to like step towards the front of the rim. And then they throw like a drop off bounce pass and you catch it and dunk it. So they had, we had these drills like called the Lonnie Baxter drills, basically because that's what Lonnie Baxter did at Maryland was like when Juan Dixon and Steve Blake would drive, uh, they would just dish it off to him and he would drop step dunk on everybody. And um, anyway, great basketball player played in the NBA for a little while, but uh, just a big barreling man. And I think everyone looked at him and saw his body type and said, he's not going to, he's not going to last in the league that long. He's a little too uh, pudgy, dare we say, but Football is a sport where pudginess is rewarded. So I say Lonnie Baxter should have played football.
1: I agree with that. And I will say Lonnie Baxter is like an old school big. You know what I mean? He's kind of like one of those guys that's like a, a power forward center. You know what I mean? But like yeah. he, he was just a big body and a big dude. And obviously he had a bad attitude sometimes. So I could see him just, you know, and Dama can sue some people if he had to on the offensive line, maybe step on some people. Yeah. We love that. Uh, number three on my list, you talk about big guys, pudgy guys. One of my favorite pudgy guys uh, from the 06 LSU team, a guy that goes by big baby, Glenn, mm-hmm. big baby mm-hmm. Davis. And I know a lot of people are going to say, Oh, of course, just because he's pudgy, you're going to put him at the offensive line or whatever. No. Glenn Big Baby Davis, we got him in the backfield. He's a Tubbs Tolbert type of guy. (laughs) Um, And he played running back in high school. Uh, Apparently, he hurdled a guy in high school because, you know, he's a nimble guy, um, Glenn Big Baby Davis is. So I put him at running back. I would maybe get him to slim down a little bit, but a fullback running back type combo guy willing to block anybody willing to talk shit willing to you know put his baby weight in somebody's face if he had to break up a fight um and and we saw that, that 2006 lsu team that beat duke to me they were like a football team of guys <laughs> like it was just a yeah. bunch of athletes it felt yeah. like and then they were just wrecking duke so uh big baby davis put him number three
0: that's, that's a great pick i could see him playing uh full i could see him playing fullback and never ever catches a single pass yes until like the AFC championship game he leaks out of the backfield and mm-hmm. makes a spectacular catch and then everyone it's
1: like, like uh the Owen Daniels catch uh from when the Broncos went to the Super Bowl that year when they yeah. beat the Patriots like that is yeah. the catch that he makes everyone's like yeah. oh my god what no, a we, we, we Good we should,
0: baby what yeah. yeah we should throw to him more often what, what are we doing here <laughs> um that's a great pick I, I I really like that pick uh number three for me is Paul Harris from Syracuse, uh, a man who a lot of people might not remember, but I do. I remember him well. He's my age, um, entered, entered college in 06, 07 season. Uh, 6'5", 230, Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember about Paul Harris was he was like a 6'5", 6'4", uh, power forward, basically. Averaged eight mm-hmm. rebounds a game. Averaged like 15 points a game. Was Johnny Flynn's uh, uh, high school teammate at Niagara Falls High School. Then they played together at Syracuse. Um... And then, do you remember this? Because I, as, as I was researching Paul Harris to to remind myself of, of all the of stats and everything, I, I came across the story that uh, he, do, do you remember how he left Syracuse? That Syracuse put out a press release that Eric Devendorf, Johnny Flynn, and Paul <laughs> Harris were all declaring for the draft. And this was news to Paul Harris. He was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> they, so in in 09, they lose, in the Sweet 16, they lose to mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Blake mm-hmm. Griffin yep. um, in '09. And then uh, the the story goes that Syracuse coaches were trying to get a hold of Paul Harris and he he was not answering the phone. So then they just put out a release that says all three of those guys were going pro. And then Paul Harris was like, i never said that. And then the Syracuse coaches were like, you told us going into the Oklahoma game that you're leaving after this year, which I always love that too. I love the stories of guys – telling coaches they're leaving before the season's even over.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. yeah, it happens more than you think. I remember Tony Bradley told the North Carolina staff for the championship game he was going to yeah. leave, and everyone's like, what? <laughs>
0: Daquan Cook, Daquan Cook the, the, before he tipped off against Florida, we're warming up. There's like 37 minutes left on the clock and the, mm-hmm. the, before the game tips off, and he comes over to me and leans up against the scores table, and he's like he, – he used to call me Brutus because he thought I looked like Brutus Buckeye. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means because mm-hmm. I'm have i a white guy. And Brutus has like a tan face, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, So you go, well, Brew – Looks like this is our last game together, huh? <laughs> You're like, like, uh, like DaQuan. <laughs> DaQuan, don't uh,
1: tell it to Thad right now. Yeah,
0: and he's like, he's like, yep, going, going to the NBA. <laughs> I was like, DaQuan, we're about to play for national title in 37 minutes, but it's okay because DaQuan, when the game happened, he was, he was locked in and had a great. No, he didn't. He, uh, he had two boneheaded errors that led to directly to Florida baskets that I'm not bitter about at all. Anyway, back to Paul Harris. Um, Syracuse puts out the press release that he's leaving. Harris did, didn't know anything about it. Um, so anyway, he calls the coaches. He's like, "Hey, I, I, I didn't say that you to do that. I didn't ask for you to do that. Whatever." Mm-hmm. Anyway, he he, I, I found this quote in the article from 2009 where he he uh, was talking to the reporter about the story where he's like, "I never said I was leaving." But then his actual quote was, "But it's already out there, so I might as well now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how he left Syracuse. was like he's. He like, didn't I, want to leave, but then it was already out there. They, like, you don't well, want to they, come
1: back. Yeah, you're like, all right, it's up there. I guess yeah, since
0: they're no. saying it, I guess I, I might as well do. <laughs> but anyway, uh what I remember about Paul Harris was he he was uh again, this is sort of like a, a bias pick in the sense that like it's I, I was I remember playing against him in AAU and he was uh very prevalent in my life, more so than like your typical college basketball fan I might not remember him that much. But uh I remember him just being completely jacked. Like his entire life he was like one of those guys that like just showed up as a freshman at Syracuse did not need a weight program like his before and after pictures of Syracuse are probably the exact same picture. Mm-hmm. He was just one of those guys that was just naturally uh just that big and and uh had a football body to me and played basketball like it was football was mm-hmm. was six three six four six five whatever it was and uh never never really went on the perimeter, never really shot threes was just down there banging night after night um. And this was in the old Big East. state. He was doing it in the old Big East. So uh, Paul Harris is my pick at number
1: three. I love that number three for you, Paul Harris. Number two for me is a guy that you know very well. Is a guy that I thought was going to be an actual uh, very solid NBA player. I think he. I think I guess he had a good career. That's Jared Sellinger uh, from mm. the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. Six nine two seventy. Another guy I want to put. Uh, you know, in a three four. I'm going to put him inside, move him outside. You know, shuffle him around the D line uh i love the idea of sullinger just being like a just a badass with a bad attitude on a d-line like talking junk
0: are are we inventing positionless football right now is that what's happening by the way because a lot of these guys are like just throw them out there figure it out later like Yeah, but but they got hands. (laughs) See, I I want
1: guys with hands on the D-line. Like, I want guys that will like, tip balls themselves and things like that. Sullinger seems like a guy. 6'9", 270 is, like, uh, the the ideal version for me uh, of a D-lineman because I like the idea of when he puts his hand on the ground, his eyes are still above the offensive lineman, so he's just looking straight at the quarterback, and I can imagine that would be terrifying. Um, So, yeah, Jared Sullinger, number two on my list. I wish uh, he would have thought about football. I think it would have kept him in better shape, maybe. Um, I think it would have been great.
0: No, it would have. It would have. It would have kept him in better shape. It would have validated the shape he's in. He would have loved yes. football because coaches wouldn't have been trying to get him to lose weight as much, and it would have been like, "Oh, this is perfect." Like, I, I'm. I mean, it's all about context. Tate, if you're mm-hmm. if you're an offensive lineman, being pot bellied is mm-hmm. great shape. But the moment you retire from football, now you're just a fat ass. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everyone's like, "Look at Mark Schlereth, lose some yeah. weight." Like, yeah. you, can get, you can get there. Like, it is uh, really
0: weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, Fun sport. Jeff, yeah,
1: Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Saturday. All these guys just look like you and I after their yeah, careers. And right. then when you watch them play, you're like, what are these guys eating? Like, what the, what the hell?
0: Yeah, like you you would – I don't know. You, you would never call an offensive like they're all obese but you would never yes. call them obese because mm-hmm. you'd be like well they're athletes and they're in great, They're obviously <laughs> in great shape and obviously it's, it's like they're not in great shape at all they're they're in horrible shape they're just their job requires them to throw their belly into another man's belly yeah
1: and, and they have to eat 10,000 calories a day and like 15 different <laughs> snacks like I used to like the offensive <laughs> linemen I had to do like a nutrition piece on them one time and I just was asking them what they had to eat and they're like yeah and then like every 20 minutes like I'll eat this little calcium bar I'm like
0: every 20 are, minutes like what the other thing what's crazy about football too no, none of the offensive linemen are jacked out there you don't see like a miles garrett on the offensive line mm-hmm. like a guy that has like a six pack That's those guys don't exist you don't want that you want guys that have big bellies that are wide and like mm-hmm. it's crazy
1: <laughs> we we don't get it we don't get it all right number, number football. 2 yeah, football, football. have on? you heard
0: about this uh, all right number 2 uh is is a man who dad plug your ears I'll, I'll just say that way dad you don't want to hear this but uh i have him number two on my list his mm. name is chris kramer of the wow he is my dad one of the most hated players one of the most hated purdue players my my dad it's basically what do you what do you say chris kramer and matt harms are the two yep. he- <laughs> <laughs> yes yes
1: all right
0: uh, chris yeah. kramer is also my age also uh uh graduated high school in 2006 um so a little close to home for me too uh indiana kid um which is, my dad hated him because he was a white kid from indiana that couldn't shoot i think that's really what it boils down to is like if you my dad has this thing like if you're if you're going to be a white kid that plays basketball and you, you spend your entire life growing up in indiana if you can't shoot my, my dad hates you he just is like I, I don't know what the hell went wrong with you something's clearly wrong
1: well, you should have played football. Is what your dad? Yeah, you saying. should have played football. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, like you can't uh, play basketball.
0: Chris Kramer was the first ever, first ever four-time member of the uh, All Big Ten defense team uh, mm-hmm. basketball. I, I probably could have phrased that a little better. Uh, first, first ever guy to make it to the to the defensive team four straight years. Uh, something, and then he won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year twice. Both of those things were repeated by a man named Aaron Kraft, who I'm not going to put on my list. Uh, <laughs> I, I decided, by the way, spoiler alert, I put no Ohio State guys on on this because. It, but if I wanted to do, uh, if I wanted to do like the NFL draft to make the top three Buckeyes, I very, very easily could have because Aaron Kraft probably belongs on on my list. But uh, Chris Kramer, anyway, he uh, he's like six three. Like was I remember him being like 205, 210, maybe more than that. If he, if he was taking extra creatine and, and it was the summer and he was pumping those weights, um, played his ass off. He he just, he played, he played basketball like it was football. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his basketball career, he played professionally, by the way, I think he had like a decent professional basketball career, but he should have played football um, because his Purdue career, he kind of became a parody of himself. Like if you go back and like really think about the four year arc of Chris Kramer is like, he showed up as a freshman. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to help this team win. Uh, and then everybody kind of fell in love with how hard he worked. And then he just leaned all the way into that whole persona mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to dive on the floor and I'm going to get in guy shit defensively. And his, his offensive game became just an absolute disaster by the end of, of his Purdue tenure. Uh, but anyway, Chris Kramer to me is a guy that Bill Belichick, if he entered his name into the, to the draft in 2010, Bill Belichick is drafting him in the sixth round a hundred percent. And he's saying, I'll figure out what to do with you later. But I'm picking you, and you're going to come across the middle and catch passes from Tom Brady for the next four years, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then yeah. after those four years, uh, your football career will be over. Because I will, I, you, I'm you going just to be getting popped across the middle. I am
0: going to cut you before the Super Bowl after four years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. You will not the play Super the Bowl.
1: Super Bowl. You will get the Malcolm Butler treatment. You will <laughs> yeah. sit at home, and you will not play. Uh, yeah. That's a good pick. I like Chris Kramer. Yeah. Um, all right, my number one pick. Uh, this is uh, like – it's a doozy because – so I have a real number one pick uh, that's not biased. And then I have an unbiased pick that I really want to work over on you. Uh, my, my real number one pick is a guy that in the middle of 2006, and I read this, I was doing research on guys that thought about going to play professional football, you know, at one point during their college basketball or professional career. One of those guys that stood out to me because he did it twice. He did it while he was playing college basketball at UCLA and while he was waiting to get signed between 2006, 2007. And that's Matt Barnes. Hmm. And Matt Mm -hmm. Barnes played uh, high school football. I was able Mm -hmm. to find a couple highlights. Matt Barnes is, in my opinion, he has an NFL attitude, but he plays in the NBA. Mm -hmm.
0: That's Um, a great great call.
1: Yeah, And he seems like a guy that could be in a locker room, you know, smoking weed, hanging out, like, you know, (laughs) like doing that sort of stuff that the NFL locker rooms expect you to do and, you know, like have that mentality and demeanor. And he seems like a guy that uh it could be like a Cortland finnegan like he could be a cornerback you know that you put him out there and he's he's not afraid to fight anybody he Mm kind of wants to fight people he wants to get people routed up he wants to talk to people um he obviously signed with the warriors that summer they go on to beat the mavericks who were the one two that year and the rest is history so matt barnes you know he was on the he was on the right mindset when he got picked there um my my bias number one pick and you got to hear me out you mentioned bill belichick you mentioned the nfl what do they love more than anything white quarterbacks pro style Mm -hmm. quarterbacks Mm -hmm. And a guy that I think his dad was a pro style quarterback. His little brother uh, is the number one quarterback in the country in, in two years. He's going to North Carolina. He decommitted from Alabama. Decided to go to North Carolina where his brother went. His name is Luke May. And hear me out. Luke May has a cannon, an absolute cannon. Like his arm, he has a cannon. His brother Drake has a cannon. His dad Mark. Wait, May. his brother's named Drake? His name is Drake. Drake May. And he's going to play football. In plan, North Carolina,
0: baby. He's the number one quarterback Gosh in the plan. country, Let's and he go. decommitted
1: from Alabama, and he's going to North Carolina, uh, and he plays in Charlotte. But anyways, oh, is Luke that the May- kid?
0: Is that the kid that sits behind the bench? That like, behind the bench that looks exactly like Luke May? It's got the Ex- big guy. Eye- yeah,
1: exactly. That's his brother Drake, and his brother Drake has a cannon. It's a five-star recruit. His dad was a big-time <laughs> recruit. Uh, played in North Carolina in the '80s. Um, I think if Luke May legitimately wanted to play football, uh, and they got him in pads, and they said, "Hey, kid, come to camp and sling the ball around." People will be amazed because the guy is yeah. a cannon. so, my my secret under the radar uh, pro style quarterback pick number one, Luke May.
0: We need to have a combine for a college basketball player, a football combine for college basketball players. Mm-hmm. How about that? Who who wouldn't watch that? If you if you told me like all these guys on our list, you start throwing in all the all the other guys that didn't get drafted by the NBA. You have a one day event where you put them through all the football drills and you just see what they're... And, and again, you talk about like trying to figure out what positions these guys play. They don't even know what position they play. Exactly. You get, you get Admiral Schofield out there. I, he's a bad example because he actually was drafted. And he's in the league. But say Admiral Schofield didn't have a great year in Tennessee and he wasn't drafted. We throw him out there. And then you're just like, we're all figuring out together. What position <laughs> is Admiral Schofield play. We're like, why don't you run some routes, Admiral? I would watch... The, oh my God, I would watch that all day. I would put that on TV and watch that. Put it on some random July... Afternoon, I'm, it's I'm basically it all day.
1: Every single guy is going to say, I'm a quarterback, I'm a receiver, or I'm a tight end. And it's yeah. all, like, so those three positions are just going to be packed with people. And uh it's all the guys that thought they were wide receivers are like, they're too fast. Now I'm a tight end. We we'll find um, out that the
0: Paul <laughs> Harris. Paul Harris actually is the greatest punter of all time. He just doesn't mm. know it yet. Mm. He's never, no one has ever thought to teach him how to punt a football, but if they did, Paul Harris would be the greatest punter of the world's ever seen. I was going to say, <laughs> is there
1: a kicker or a punter? Is there anyone special teams in your mind? Even like a returner, like, is there a Jordan bone, Devin Hester comparison that can be made here? Mm. Is there any guy on special? Jordan teams? Bone.
0: I'm trying to think of like the short, the short guys who uh, are fast as shit. That, Chris um, likes
1: maybe from Miami.
0: Maybe like a, yeah, that'd be a good one. Like a, uh, what about like Ashton Hagens? Yeah, Hagens. He's like quick and like mm-hmm. got the long arms. I don't know. He could play like corner, right? Maybe. I don't know. Or or probably he probably only able- he probably only runs a four four forty. It's not fast enough. <laughs> or, like a Kareem Hunt
1: type guy, like out of the backfield yeah. or something like that. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh
0: Kicker would be. Should we make the Grayson Allen joke about kicker? He'd yeah, kicker. I was gonna,
1: yeah. Kicker at, like least, at least, at uh, least. Yeah, I was gonna say gonna or, you him. know a Steve Nash. Like I, 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 always forget now that Steve Nash is doing Bleacher Report soccer that he was a basketball player. So I guess he's a kicker now. So I would yeah. say Steve Nash is a kicker.
0: There you go. Um, All right. Yeah, there you go. Um, my number one. We haven't got to my number one yet, but yes. uh, because uh, I, I do want to rattle through some honorable mentions here. My number one is a guy. When when we had this idea to do the the guys who should have played football. Uh, I had number one locked in and then it took me some time to think of the next four to fill in, but I immediately mm-hmm. had one locked in. His name is Patrick Young. He played at Florida. Mm-hmm. He went to four straight elite eights Monster. from 2011 to 2014. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not a pick. This is not like a retroactive pick. A lot of the guys on the list are like, You know, now that I think about it, he should have played football. Patrick Young is the one guy who the moment he stepped on Florida's campus, you're like, this guy should be playing football. What is he doing on a basketball court? Yeah, why
1: is that guy not wearing number nine on the D-line for Florida? Yeah, I don't understand.
0: This makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, He he heard it for four straight years at Florida. Had a decent basketball career. like Because when you're that big and that athletic and can jump, like you're going to find success at some point. I mean, for God's sakes, just throw the ball up there and let him – just elbow everybody out of the way to catch it <laughs> dunk it. Uh mm-hmm. was the 2014 SEC defensive player of the year. Had a decent like I said, had a great career in Florida, four straight elite eights, all that stuff. Ended up uh, losing to UConn in the final four in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh was was on that great team with Scotty Wilbakin and them. Um, but yeah, Patrick Young is a no-brainer. Uh just maybe the most muscular guy that's ever played college basketball ever. And I don't I I don't it's not even hyperbole. He he literally might be the most muscular fit, however Thick, tight, <laughs> <laughs> whatever homoerotic words you want to use to describe Patrick Young, uh, they definitely applied. The dude was jacked out of his mind.
1: I will say, he seems like a guy that is the prototypical Antonio Gates, uh, like tight end to Jimmy Graham, whatever it is. Like you pick that guy and you say, okay, you're a tight end. Mm-hmm. But I'm scared that they, they said that they took him out and he was running routes and everything looked great, but he can't catch. You know what I mean? And they, that's probably like, true. He's yeah, probably think, too, too
0: rigid. Yeah, he's probably too rigid. <laughs> yeah. But like you could throw him out there as a decoy, I think. I think, I think if Patrick yes. Young lines up at tight end, people maybe not so much in the NFL because guys are obviously bigger, stronger, faster. But if Patrick Young lines up at Florida just for like one or two plays,
1: like a Julius Thomas type tight, like just put him in the slot. Yeah.
0: He just comes out of nowhere and just lines up. I'm shitting my pants if I have to cover him. If I'm the linebacker (laughs) that has to cover that guy, I'm like, uh, what no yeah
1: oh, like like if you're a nickel yeah. corner you're like a nickel and you got to pick up this guy in the slide. you're like ah right, pass that's someone else <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't
0: just jacked out of his mind he was also six nine that's the yes. other part it's not like he's it's not like he's <laughs> six four six five with like enormous muscles he was mm-hmm. six nine so even even if it's a guy it's a lot like you, you think of like a guy like i don't i don't you, you just think of some linebacker that's like big and strong and in college and you're like well he could take him, baby but he's he's six nine. The linebacker mm-hmm. you're thinking of is probably like six two.
1: Yeah, six two, six three.
0: Yeah. Um. I th- I don't know, man. I guess Florida was was Florida good in 2011 to 14? They weren't right in football. No, no, no they sucked. What were mm-hmm. they thinking? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Why did Patrick Young not get out there? Well, that's
1: probably why he didn't want to play for. Because, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <a good laughs> like, I don't want to play for Will Muschamp. Dude,
0: he could have like honestly just bring him up that's all you got to use him for is just like three or four plays because even even if he is good it's almost better to use him as a decoy because like just the sheer idea of him buttoning it up and running out there like everyone's gonna shit their pants you're like something's coming something's definitely coming and then nothing's coming he just you just snap the ball and he doesn't do anything
1: i was gonna say or you just call a run play to his side of the field and he just starts blocking (laughs) just like throwing people out of the way you're like all right it reminds me
0: uh so in, in junior high in eighth grade no, this was seventh grade. In eighth grade, we went undefeated, not to brag, in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but in seventh grade, we did not. And, and here's why. Uh, uh, our, coach was, <laughs> our coach was out of his mind. He was, he was, our coach was like a young guy who, he must, looking back, he must have been like 26, 27 mm-hmm. uh, in seventh grade. Um, he, he was like a history teacher. He had played football at Indiana. He was, he was our seventh grade coach. I was the quarterback of the team. Um, I if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that I, I I've talked before about how I hit puberty before everyone else. I was six two, six three, something like that in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I was probably six three one ninety or whatever. <laughs> um, we had a kid who was legitimately on steroids. I really think he was on steroids I think he had like an older brother who who did steroids and was creatine
1: like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I don't even think it was creatine. I think it was legitimately anabolic steroids. <laughs> 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 I he's think going he's going up, to Florida. Yeah, I, like, I really, <laughs> I legitimately think he was like shoving needles into his ass because like the oh, kid was nice. was jacked out of his mind, and he was he was he was absolutely insane too. He was like like he he was the reason I thought Royd Rage was a real thing for a long mm-hmm. time because he was like he, he I mean, he's, he's got to be in jail right now. But he was probably six one, six two, just absolutely jacked, psychotic. It, uh uh, the the movie, the program, you know, where the I forget mm-hmm. I forget the character's name where he's like head butting him. Yes. 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 Think yes. yes. Big that kid in 7th grade. Um uh he he oh. played he played uh defensive line for us. That was like his uh, initial position but anyway, uh we took him, we put him at halfback, at, at running back. We took a uh one of our the biggest offensive linemen we had and we moved him to fullback and then mm. I was quarterback. Um and we called it the beef train package. Mm. And this was at 7th grade where you had <laughs> just three just massively overgrown dudes that looked like they were all adults yeah like who were these
1: high schoolers playing middle school football yeah
0: as it turned out it was not that effective we 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 did not win a lot of games but going through these lists that's what that reminded me of is our seventh grade our 26 year old just like picture yourself tate like you get a coach junior high football right now and you're and you go to practice and you see these three kids that are just bigger than everyone else you're like fuck it let's run let's run the beef train mm-hmm. let's just give mm-hmm. the ball to the big kids
1: <laughs> as someone who coached ymca uh, soccer and basketball i basically there's this one kid on my team malachi and all i did the, it was like uh, kicking and screaming you know he's like what is our one play pass it to the italians like that was like <laughs> that was literally our offense it was like where is malachi get him the ball give it to malachi <laughs> David, jesse pass it to malachi yeah, so I can't be a coach right now. I, I feel sorry for your history, coach. But I like the beef uh, package. I want more he, of the beef he,
0: package. He called it the beef train <laughs> package. Like, that's what he'd call it. Like, it, it was like always – th- he'd always I, – if I remember right, it would always be like out of a timeout, too. Like, he'd call timeout. Yeah. And then uh, it, it, he, he'd make – the theatrics of it all were always great. He'd, like, call a timeout. All right, boys, beef train. Drink. Guys, it's time. Mm-hmm. The beef train is loose. <laughs> and, we'd, and we'd all look at each other and be like, oh. <laughs> Like, we're the mighty ducks and, uh, uh, yeah, the flying V. Yeah, we're getting the floor call on the flying V. <laughs> yeah. The slugging bee. Oh, my God. Oh, I um, love it. What a list. What a, what a, what a concept we we have there. Um, Patrick Young, Chris Kramer, Paul Harris, Lonnie Baxter, Kevin. You had Vince Carter at five. You, you ended up being a, uh, a little more respectful i i legitimately thought you're just gonna do all hall of famers
1: no i mean alan Iverson. i, I took off i mean it yeah. definitely had some some hall of famer stuff to it i mean it, it, it honestly it's one of those things where all of it's stupid but this is one of my favorite <laughs> top five lists because it is stupid like i don't it's like awesome. top five lists that are actually like can be argued or discussed or whatever i like when it's like this where it's like yeah this is what i think it's yeah. yeah thank it's you
0: this is just a distraction as the pandemic is going on in the world yes, yes. um were there any honorable mentions, other Adler than Allen Iverson? I, I mean,
1: my only honorable mention, I would say, is two guys that actually played football, and they're my favorite basketball players, and that's Julius Peppers and Ronald Curry. And mm-hmm. uh, for people that don't remember, the fact that the quarterback of the team and the best defensive player on the team were throwing alley-oops to each other at one point in the D-Dome. Mm-hmm. That was a great time. So the the other side of this is basketball players that did play football, and I just want to shout out those guys.
0: Too. Yeah. I had a uh, the only other guy out of my list was Chuck Bryant at West Virginia. <laughs> yes, because he, I mean, his name is Chuck Bryant, mm-hmm. and he played at West Virginia, and uh, that just that, that whole identity just screams football player, and
1: yeah. Uh, Javon Carter at running back is another Chavon one Carter, that would again. have been. Uh, that's, Chuck that's Bryant actually.
0: was the was the original Javon Carter. <laughs> yes. People forget Chuck Bryant that uh, he he invented uh, Javon Carter's existence, kind mm-hmm. of. He, yeah. Uh, dog people Peem press away.
1: people yeah yeah yeah. be bald be old
0: just be annoying as shit yeah yeah and and have west virginia fans lose their minds or yeah uh truck bryant was he walked so javon carter could run yes um, anyway uh oh the, the other one i was i wanted to say was tom coverdale i had him on my list <laughs> i wanted to just uh, i just feel like tommy tough nuts could have figured out man who
1: would have thought tom coverdale is that <laughs> he's had a big year uh you know in the Titus and take cover the Titus and take ball for tom coverdale is unlike anything we've ever seen <laughs> we need him on the show Maybe we just tease that. We're just like every episode, we're like a next week, big guest Tom Coverdale coming on. You know what? My promise to you, Tate,
0: my promise to you moving forward, I think I got to stop making Tom Coverdale an honorable mention. My promise to you is that I'm going to find a way to justify Tom Coverdale in my top Mm. five, no matter Mm.
1: what top five we do from here, I think. Yeah, as long as he's in the top five. Yeah, Because I'm looking
0: at it right now, and I'm like, why why is Kevin Book out on there and Tom Coverdale's not? Mm. It makes no sense. It makes no damn sense. Tommy Toughnuts, he had a bum ankle, Tate. He had a bomb angle and he led the Hoosiers to the title game.
1: Love it. And also uh, one other person. The football Trevor, mentality. Bo- Tre- Trevor Booker is another guy. You mentioned uh you're talking about book out. Trevor Booker mm-hmm. from Clemson. Clemson. It seems yeah. like another guy that would be. And I think he just retired from the NBA. So maybe uh should have gone to football. So nice. That's um, our list.
0: All right, that's my list. Uh uh all right, shout outs close outs. Let's wrap this thing up.
1: All right, closeouts, shout close-outs, shout-outs for me. I just want to shout-out again uh, every single person out there that is surviving this pandemic and uh, finding a way to be entertained, entertaining other people. And by that, I want to say shout-out to the NFL and shout-out to all the guys at home with their side mm. chicks. Uh, there's a lot of people that were getting their phones. I think it was Jerry mm. Judy... Uh, I can't remember. Or maybe it was CD from Oklahoma. But basically, he had his girlfriend there or, you know, friend that is a girl. She took his second phone. He grabbed it right back. And I was like, this is wow. NFL coverage. This is good times. This is quarantine stuff that I want to see. This is drama. So shout out to all the NFL. Can we, get a,
0: can we get a special report uh, update on all the draft day girlfriends? Mm. Um, mm. I, I, what, where are they now? How, mm-hmm. many, how many of the women that are shown sitting next to these players are still with them? How many of them are married? How many of them you know how what is the average time what is the average length of the relationship after the draft day happens you know
1: yeah Russell Wilson's uh girlfriend that's the run, most famous it, one. It, yeah, yeah that's that was the most the terrifying most thing I've yeah. ever seen yeah. in my entire life last night we had uh, a mother I think it was an uh, offensive lineman There were his she girlfriend looks different now.
0: she looks like Sierra <laughs> yeah
1: really yeah have thought? yeah. That <laughs> that that's weird yeah, that's weird uh we had a mom kick off uh, a girlfriend that was sitting on the lap of, of an offensive lineman that got drafted last night like she literally just like Pushed her out of the way yeah. i was like this is not your moment so she probably has about two or three weeks before she's <laughs> out of there um yeah i, w- I want that full thing I, that feels like a, a tmz or like news. something that they would do
0: speaking, so. speaking of tmz shout out blake griffin uh speaking yeah. of, uh, of tmz and relationships and all that uh blake griffin uh tmz Hid in the bushes, in the bushes to, to, to <laughs> film him shooting with his sons
1: <laughs> and airballing. He airballed a shot. You obviously, tell, it would be like if you and I walked out right now and just like threw the ball up. And I was like, Yeah, like, he obviously did not care at all. But the headline was basically like, Blake Griffin, quarantine, get to him, you know. And then he was like, This is weird that someone's gonna hide my bushes and film yeah. this. Um, I did notice,
0: LA. I did notice that he didn't address the airball though. So, uh, no. it's interesting, Blake. Blake. <laughs> Blake address you 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 diverted the attention away from the real headline which is do you suck now that's what people want to know
1: he's like he's like look i for three (laughs) years i don't i haven't cared so don't worry about it uh (laughs) there we go
0: um, shout, I want to shout out Jason Terry, too, who is uh, mm. going to be uh, Arizona assistant coach um, with, sh- with legends such as Sean Miller and Danny Peters. Uh, mm. He's going to be on staff. I assume he's going to be – or is he taking Danny's job? And I just don't realize it. <laughs> yeah,
1: just, I, I guess I should text Danny. <laughs> yeah, text Danny, call Danny, see what's going on. Also, when are we going to see Jason Terry eating a hot dog at halftime of a Pepperdine game? That's, that's, that's the next step. That's how you know he made it in college basketball, assistant coaching. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jason Terry. Uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's it I mean I I don't have much else other than we have uh, we have guests next week this is our first show we've done without a guest in a while I enjoyed it Mm -hmm. I feel like it's we're back to frivolous talk there's nothing really going on um, other than the transfer stuff I think I think we're gonna have more drama to talk about college basketball than actual basketball which it's always better for us
0: yeah, I didn't. I didn't like doing this one in the morning, Tate. My brain wasn't turned on. Don't don't talk <laughs> to me till I've had my coffee. That's what I say. I need to get that on a T-shirt.
1: Yes, yes, hey, that's it.
0: Uh... <laughs> don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Um, my my brain wasn't working as as well as it should be. Oh, shout out to Tom Brady. I forgot. I have that written down. I didn't to, uh, to say that. Tom Brady walking into the wrong house. Um, I wasn't really. It, it's not so much that part of the story that had my attention. It was he was carrying two duffel bags with him, Tate. Yes. So, uh, you know. Let that be, someone out there is taking notes and they're saying, okay, I like that idea. Walk into a house, walk into the quote unquote wrong house Mm -hmm. with two duffel bags. Say, whoops, my bad. I didn't mean to Mm -hmm. to accidentally walk in here Mm -hmm. and then leave with Mm -hmm. only one duffel bag. Bada bing, bada boom, untraceable. But you don't need to do that anymore. The bag droppers, <laughs> the bag dropping's over. The, yeah, the bag dropping no, era of college basketball is dead.
1: It's just in your face now. Now it's a briefcase yeah. full of money and we can all watch it. And I will say for Tom Brady's sake, the fact that uh, one, the guy that was in his house just had the door unlocked and then also didn't know who he was. So he was like, what's going on, dude? Uh, yeah. Get out of here. And just the fact that Tom Brady was so embarrassed Um, I think it's a nice life lesson to say, like, even if you are, you know, one of the greatest in the game, when you switch places or you move somewhere, you just moved to L.A. a couple years ago. It's like it's a new experience. You just moved to a different house. Like, yeah, there's always stuff that's going on. It's good to see that Tom Brady is is regular in some sense. We know he's not very regular. We know he's, you know, possibly an evil creature sent Mm -hmm. from somewhere else, like a succubus or something like that to play football and dominate the world. But other than that, he's just a normal guy. And uh, that was nice to see.
0: And he kisses his son on the mouth. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. well, uh, that's the succubus thing. <laughs> that's that's in the middle.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, before we go, final round of voting. Again, reminder: go vote at CBB on Fox. Thank you so much for helping us out. Those of you who have who have been voting, um, it 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 it's very simple to just click a thing, whatever. But uh, it, it's been a big deal to the people at Fox, and they're happy with how it's going. And they think that the reason people are voting is because of Tate and I. So. Um, Mm-hmm. Let's continue voting to make them think that like Tate and I are the reason that people are voting a lot on this thing. That it it, it it's our our bosses are happy with us, uh, us right now, Tate, and that's a <laughs> that's a good spot to be in because we're not really sure what we're doing. <laughs> I look, I'm just happy
1: North Carolina's in the final because now people yeah. are st- they think that I have something to do with that. Am I rigging the votes? I absolutely not. I don't know who is voting, but I appreciate the votes. And also, Danny Green, I've been reaching out to Danny Green to come on and just say something nice about North Carolina making this run. Because we need it, we need the Green Brothers. You got Devante, I got Danny. Yeah, uh, we can make a whole thing. So Danny, Danny Green, come, come on the come show.
0: On, come on the show, Danny. We're we're putting out the, the bat signal. Come on the yes. show. Uh, also, Monday we're doing the uh uh the the last dance is 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 we're gonna do a more last dance. Dennis dance. Rodman. Yeah, yeah, the Dennis Rodman episode is coming Sunday. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. So uh, we'll be doing that Monday. We're we're gonna try to have Danny Green on as well. We'll see how that goes. Tate's gonna keep bu- bugging him, and hopefully yes, he gets there. all day. Right. um until then have a great weekend stay safe thank you guys so much for for sticking around listening to us we're doing our best entertaining these dumb times uh we live in a dumb world but um mm-hmm. you know sometimes a dumb world is where two dumb guys can thrive the most eight so mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do here thank you guys we'll see you on monday two dumbs make it smart <laughs> <laughs>